Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hey, it's Anne-Marie and welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Now, before I share today's interview with you, there's a new series that I am starting and it's called the Be The Difference series. And for those of you who may have heard a previous episode where I shared that I recently ran a summit, it was for kingdom-focused entrepreneurs, truth seekers and rebels with a cause, a summit where I had 12 speakers that came together to share their insights insights, really glorifying the Lord and uplifting the name of Jesus in particular topics to help us stand boldly and courageously speaking out the Lord's truth in a culture of compromise. And we got such great feedback from that. I was blessed myself listening to all of the speakers and uh, it was just a wonderful event. I thought I would continue conversations with people who love the Lord. They were on fire for the Lord and through their lives and expectations and belief in what happens in the kingdom of God. I'm talking miracles unexplained events, which we know comes from the hand of the Lord, is happening in their lives. So the Be The Different series is where I'm going to be talking with people who have said yes to the Lord, who have surrendered and said yes, not knowing uh, how to fund projects, what would happen when they got there. And that is what today's interview is all about. Someone who said yes to the Lord and what happened, how the Lord showed up. I want to have those conversations because I don't know about you, when I hear how the Lord has shown up, I think to myself, Lord, let me be a vessel that you uh, can use that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you can work in me and through me in a way that changes atmospheres where you are able to show up and unexplainable, amazing things happen because that's who we love, isn't it? And so today's conversation dives into that. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you, are you someone who has miracles, signs and wonders following you because of you surrendering to the Lord and saying, yes, Lord, I will go, send me. And you have no idea, uh, you know, what's going to happen, but you just open up your heart um, and yeah, you stand for the Lord. If that is the case, or if you know someone who has a story, who has a journey where the Lord has shown up in a way that is just unexplainable from the point of view from from man, I want to share that story. So will you reach out to me and let me know, connect with me, and let's have a chat and see if we can get you featured on the Be The, the Difference series, which I'm going to be running. And I wanted to share it with you also for this reason. If I think back to... 
let's see, maybe about 10, 10 years, maybe so. Time for me kind of moulds into another. So sometimes I can say last week and, oh, actually it was a month or so ago. So, you know, I'm one of those people that when my husband says, how long will you be? And I'll say, oh, five minutes. Oh, yeah, I know you're five minutes, he said. So don't quote me on this. But I, I'd say about 10 years ago, I remember that the Lord just stirred in my heart that there was something more, that there was something more. And I remember sitting with my mother and you might have heard me share the story. So to just indulge me if you do, but I'm setting up why I want to have these conversations and, and how important it is for Christ's church, the body of Christ, to realise that there is so much more. But anyway, going back to a conversation that I had with my mother, I remember sitting on a couch and saying, Mum, I just think that there's just, just more. And I remember reflecting on a time when my auntie had come to visit our church. She we're obviously here in Australia and she was based in New Zealand. She went to a different denomination. And anyway, I remember turning to her as she was worshipping, as we were worshipping, and her stance, the way she would had just lifted her air, hands up into the air and her face just glowed with, you know, her love for, for the Lord. And I remember looking at her thinking, Man, I don't know what she has, Lord, but I want that. What what she has there, I want that. And I tell you, the Lord has chased that. I'll, I'll use these terms. I hope this is the right thing to say. But the Lord chased me, and He just placed on my heart that there was more. There was more, and the Holy Spirit led me on the journey to discover what that more was. Right the way through many many years, through various different events and people that I connected with, and events that I went to, to where I. I am now and the more that I realized was the more more the belief in him the things that I had been taught by very well-meaning I'm sure I'm not having a dig at anyone because when we know better when the Lord exposes that hey this thing that you're being taught is actually putting a a ceiling on your expectations and your belief in where I am showing up in the world today and I was taught, well, the Lord doesn't do that anymore. He he doesn't need to because that was for the establishment of the church. Well, I don't know about you, but have you taken a look at what's going on in the world today? Who other than the Lord's church can stand against the evil that is currently infiltrating every part of our life and our society. No wonder the Lord told us to renew our minds every single morning to seek him first and to not conform to the patterns of this world but transform your mind every single morning so that we can test and approve what is God's well, what is God's, what is true? And um, anyway, so I realized that, hey, miracles, signs and wonders happen. Not that we should chase them, because remember, we are to chase the creator, not the creation. Um, we need to, to go to the Lord first. But I tell you what, when we are a vessel, and we are a vessel, aren't we? Our body, Christ lives in us. The spirit lives in us. Yeah, when we really surrender and we live deeply connected with him, the way that the Holy Spirit is able to show up is determined by our faith and belief and willingness for him to show up in the way that he just, yeah, just does incredible things. 
that's the kind of person that I want to be, that I walk into a room. And, and friend, I pray this, that you're, it's your desire too. When we walk into a room, atmosphere changes, not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is in us. That atmosphere change, that fear, that doubt, that unbelief runs out of the door and the Holy Spirit and our and heaven's angels who are following us and who are battling alongside us in the heavenlies can come in there and, and fight against the powers and principalities that, that are there. That is what I pray for each and every one of us. So that's one of the reasons why I want to do the Be The Difference series to talk to you guys that have um, had unexplained things happen that the Lord has just shown up for you. Can we? Sh- let's share those stories. Let's empower and encourage each other even amidst the things that are going on because we know that the Lord has things in his control His plans and his ways are higher than our plans and our ways. And while sometimes we kind of scratch our heads and go, Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but I just need to trust that it will all turn to the good of those who love him. And it will. Um, But we just need to remind ourselves of that. So I hope you are as blessed as I was listening to this interview And uh, I just pray for you too. But if you do have a story or you know someone who has a story, reach out and let's have a chat. Without any further ado, let's get on with today's show. Welcome to the very first episode of our Be The Difference series, where we speak to people who are making a real difference in the world with their message and their mission. So what happens when you surrender yourself fully to the Lord to take on one of his assignments? Not just any assignment, but a difficult and potentially dangerous one where you had no idea even where you were going to get the money to fund that project. Well, let me tell you, miracles happen happen and lots of them from money to fund projects where previously there was none through to plane tickets that were previously sold out and impossible to get along with many other things that occurred when Diana Abruzzi made a promise and said yes Lord send me I will go. Who's Diana Abruzzi? Well she is the chairman and the founder of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry IWFCI. The first chapter of the Chamber of Commerce for Women in the World at the time of its inaugural meeting in 1992, right here in Melbourne, Australia. Diana, she is a pioneer and a leader in the cause of free enterprise and economic development from championing the advancement of women in business around the world to giving a stronger voice for Australia at international forums or or entrepreneurial economic initiatives to business and personal development. And today, Diana is going to share her story. So welcome, Diana. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much. Well, it was a journey indeed. 
It certainly um, was. And you went on a very special mission. So let's just set the scene. I know that you're going to share more about some of the things that happened in the miracles where the Lord showed up, where you really had no idea what was going to happen. So you take us back because I know when we've spoken earlier about it, you fully surrendered yourself to the Lord, as I mentioned in the introduction. And you said, Lord, I will go. Yes, I will go. So take us back to when the story began. Well, it happened in 1984, many years ago now. But the lessons I learned and what I learned at that time, I have held tight to that right throughout my life and the miracles that God performed during that time. It all began when I was sitting in church and I was just wondering what, what my life, what I was going to do with God, what did God want me want with my life? And I said, a woman came and sat next to me and she handed me a book called The God Smugglers. It fascinated me because I had just been reading about these people that were doing these most courageous things. And she gave me the book and I never saw that lady again. She just disappeared. And in fact, when I turned, she wasn't there. So I'm not sure what happened, but then you've got to believe, don't you, that God does mysterious things. So that with that book, I read it all night. I could not put it down. And in my heart, I knew that God was calling me to do it. And I thought, my gosh, where do I begin? How do I do this? Um, I've never gone into a country and done this sort of thing. And you've got to have tremendous courage to do these sorts of things. And I can't say I had a huge amount of courage at that time when I was thinking about it. But I said, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. But then you've got to help me work this out, how I go. So I remember going into work. And I remember the uh, one of the ladies said there, that, oh, um, Qantas are putting on a new flight, or so a flight, the first flight, actually, into this country. And I do have to say right at this moment that I cannot mention the countries that I have gone into because there are people still there doing incredible work un under these conditions and even now today are even worse in some of those countries. So please forgive me if I cannot mention those countries. So when I thought, okay, I will go and ring Qantas. By the, by the word, I don't have any money yet. You know, you've just got to live by faith. God says, go and, go and find out. <laughs> so I did. And so um, I got onto the line and it was engaged, 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 engaged. And I kept getting this voice through me saying, go to Doncaster Shopping Town and go into the travel agent. And I thought, oh, that's strange. But anyway, I kept hanging on and hanging on. And the more I hung on, the more this was coming louder and louder and clearer to me. So when they finally answered me, they said, a chance. We can put you on a waiting list, but look, don't, don't even count on it because it just won't happen. So I said, that's all right. That's all right. I'm going to Doncaster. So I went to Doncaster Shopping Town and I walked into the travel agent. And just as I was coming out of the travel agent or into the travel agent, there was a lady walking out of the travel agent. 
And as I sat down with the lady, the tourist lady, she said to me, um, I said, look, I really would like, you know, some tickets to China. And she said, oh, my goodness. She said, this lady who just uh, left has just cancelled four seats. I said, right, I'll have them. But then I didn't know who the other three were going to be. So I tell you what, this was a real walk of faith. But I tell you what, this is what you do. This mm. is how you've got to walk every single day of your life because you just don't know where, when you step out in that faith that God's going to open up the doors. It's your faith that God is in command, that God is going to do something, that it will happen. It will happen. But you have got to have the faith that God is with you. So as I, as I sat down and we discussed it, she said, now this was a Friday. And she said, I need to have the answer by Monday. Well, I went home and I thought, now what am I going to do? Who am I going to get the other three people? So I spoke to my eldest son. I said, would you like to come? He said, oh, my goodness, yes. He said, I'll come. Okay, that's two. So then I, the next day I spoke to my young niece, and they're all about in their 20s, 1920s. And I said, would you like to go? And she said, oh, my goodness. She said, yes, yes, all right, I'll go. Then her father said, no, 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 that's too dangerous. You can't go there. And mind you, he is a very devout Christian. And this surprised me, really surprised me. And he and she said, no, no, Dad, she said, I'm going. So I thought, right, okay, it's three of us. Um, so then I was in church on the Sunday night, knowing that I have to have everything by Monday. And so on the Sunday night, there was a young chap around about the age of my, my, my son. And... Um, She's, um, he's, we spoke to him and he said, yes, I'll come, but I've got to make sure that my father who's in, in Indonesia that actually can give me the money. So he said, I'll let you know tonight. I'll give him a call. So I then, he just rang me then later after church and, um, and then he said, yes, I'm coming. I said, good. That's four of us. I said, well, that's great. You all can pay yourself, but I haven't got any money yet. <laughs> So I said, okay, Lord, you've gone thus far. Let's see what's going to happen next. So I went to sleep on it. I said, Lord, I know you've got the answer, so I'm just going to rest and peaceful, be peaceful with it. So that night um, I prayed and I just put it in God's hands. The next day at 6 o'clock in the morning, my mother rang me and she said, what are you up to? I said, what do you mean, what am I? She said, God has been bugging me all night. She said, I've got to give you some money. And I thought, oh. <laughs> and she gave me the exact money. I didn't ask her how much, but she said, this is the amount I've been told to give you. I thought, my God, Lord, aren't you fantastic? So, all right, we've now all got our money, so I go, go in on Monday and... Um, we booked, and I said, oh, well, where do we get the Bibles? So I thought, oh, my God, we've got to take these Bibles in. So I said, where do we get the Bibles? So um, Open Doors had a office in Sydney, and I said, look, there's four of us going into China. Now, mind you, we're going in with no idea. 
We're not mm. going in with any group. We're going the fours. We're going in blindly to this. And this is where situations like this, where you are not in control, that God can be in control. And I hope you register that because yeah. that's important. So I rang the people in Sydney and I said to them, look, I need some Bibles. And they said, well, we can give you the old script because they won't allow the new script to be printed in uh, the Bible mm. because the new script is read by the young people. The old script is only read by the elderly people so i wasn't going to let that deter me and i said well you haven't got the new script no he said we've got the old script okay send me as many as you can so there's four of us i think we had about 40 of these books mm. very thin very fine paper to make them as small as possible so, all right, we now, they were sent to us. We now had our Bibles. We had our um, cases packed. We even booked our hotel and we set off, got on the plane. Everyone's sort of wondering, will they ever see us again? What will happen to us? We had no idea what was coming up. So we flew, flew into um, Beijing and you must remember that China was just coming out of allowing Europeans to fly in. It was very, very basic. The airport itself was more like a big warehouse. It was certainly nothing to what we are used to today. It was very dark. And the way uh, when we arrived, everyone was looking at us. Um, they were, we were very strange creatures to them all because they hadn't seen a European in, well, maybe some of them all their lives. And so we were quite a, um, a fascination to them. My young niece had blonde hair. They couldn't help but touch it all the time. They'd never seen blonde hair before. And anyway, they, they went through a case to see if we had anything, but they didn't realize we actually had the books on us. We had them down our boots. We had them in our pockets. We had them all over our bodies tucked in. And so they went through the cases. Of course, there was nothing there. So we hopped on the, the buses and I thought, my gosh, 24 hours ago, I was in Melbourne and here I am in China. And I thought, my goodness, it hit me. We read about China. We hear about China, the tragedies of all sorts of places like Burma and Vietnam and all these other countries that had trouble with all these type of places. And I just felt that, my goodness, we're there. Mm. I said, okay, Lord, what next? So we're in the, we're in the um, hotel. We thought, my goodness, well, where do you want us to go now? What do we do now? So um, my young niece um, spoke to the maid about God. Well, we stepped out of the room, up to the boys' rooms, and all of a sudden a whole lot came and raided our room. 
looking for Bibles. Again, once they were all on us. It was amazing the timing of things because Kate and I had just decided, had just decided that we had better put everything on us. You just don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it just so happened we had them all on us. And I went back into the room and I tell you, it's only a person who has a sense of who they are in God that I was able to walk into that room and command them what they were doing. Now, normally you'd cower and, and, and that sort of feeling, but no, I was strong. And I said, what are you doing in my room? You know, um, what do you want? And they said, oh, we're just making sure everything's all right. Well, if it's not, you better get your maid up here and make sure it is right. <laughs> so, so we sort of, you know, put our way through it. But we, we then said, right, now we've got to set about it. So we thought, well, We'll be a tourist mm. and we'll just go places and see things like the Great Wall. And um, on, when we were on the Great Wall, somebody tried to sell us something. And the, the um, police army, I'm not sure, it was a uniform, and they came down and they arrested her for, being, for trying to sell us something. She was so poor, so hungry, and I didn't know what to do. Another one jumped over the wall and they chased them right through uh, the forest there. And it upset me so much. And I kept thinking about the freedom we've got. And I'm thinking we do not understand what it is to live under a tyranny. And it is a terrible, depressing sort of um, oppression on people. I looked into the eyes of these people and they were dead. They were like walking robots. When you take away the, uh, the ability to think for yourself and to make choices and, and to be able to carve your own life to what you want, you take that away from people and the choices and the freedom to make those choices. You take that away. You kill the spirit of people and they die. And they, they don't get up for a reason now. They just get up like little soldiers. And it is so, so, so sad to, to see it. And so we went about our business. And we were getting very close. We weren't going to stay there a week or a few days. And it started getting closer and closer to not doing anything. And I thought, my gosh, what are we going to do? So we thought, we'll find a church. Surely there must be still a church mm. in, in this particular place and country. And, and so we went and found this, what they call the Three Self Church. Mm. Now, the Three Self Church, and it's still there, I believe, that is where it used to be a Church of England or a Catholic church or something. They were allowing people to go to this church, but they had to be registered. Every member of that church had to be registered with the government. So they were very cautious. So, and at that time, we had to, um, we weren't allowed to have taxis 
only ones that we could get from the hotel. Mm. So to have a taxi, you had to get the hotel taxi and then they had to wait for you wherever you were. And that was so these people could actually spy on you, what you were doing. Mm. But we went into the church and we sat and they were singing the songs that we sing in Australia, mm. in their churches. It was so, so uplifting to hear these beautiful Chinese people in so many, I shouldn't have said that, sorry. Um, but, um, but afterwards, there was a lady that was sitting behind us. And she said, I believe you got something for me. And we said, oh, my goodness. Wow, okay. And we said, well, because we're very cautious. And I said, what, what, do you, um, what are you looking for? And she said, I have never been to this church before, but God has asked me to come with a big bag that you have something for us. And we turned and looked at each other and said, this must be the person that God has appointed to upload our Bibles to. So we got in a circle around each other, and because this lady had been involved in a lot of um, work, she wasn't a, a European, but she was dressed as a Chinese. Oh, sorry, I said that again, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's so easy just to flow with the way things had happened. So I... She then said, right, so she got into the midst of us and we started to unload our Bibles into her bag. And we were so joyful that we had been able to do this. And as I turned to move around, there was two young ladies coming up with an elderly woman. And she said to us, I've just brought these two young people to the Lord and you should have seen the eyes of these beautiful two young people. Ah, oh, they were so alight and shining with the light of God in them. Oh my goodness, it was fierce. And the lady said, I have nothing to give them. I said, yes, I do. So I went and got two of the Bibles and I gave them to them. And she said, you know, she said, I was raised from the dead. I said, oh my goodness. And she told me her story. And I, I just sensed that, ah, oh, the miracles. Mm. God of our miracles. Here we had set out, not knowing anything, where we were going or what we were doing, but just believing that God had the answers, mm. that he had the way for us. And we did it. In pure faith, we stepped out. And God had everything organized. But I tell you what, it took our faith to make that step for God to be able to move in yes. this. And to meet you there, to meet you there. I mean, to as you are sharing your story, Diana, and I know that there's other aspects that you're going to share in a moment too about when you went out into the street and what happened from there. But if we yes. take a, a step back at what you've just shared, I mean, the whole 
for me, when you first initially shared the story and that you went and I realised that there was no organisation, there was no team that you were meeting, there was nothing in place, you just said yes and, and off you went. To me, I mean, how many of us would do that? Not, not, not many, if we're honest. Yet how just by saying that, that you were willing and God met you at every intersection, at every crossroad where you had mm. no idea, what do I do now? I yes. mean, just incredible. And that's what happens in the kingdom of God, isn't it? When we fully surrender and say, yes, I'm willing, Lord, tell me what I have to say. Show me where what the next step is. He yes. met you there every single time. Every single time. And it, in, we were very aware after the um, uh, people had come into our room, or the soldiers had actually come in, they were soldiers, I'm sure they were, came into our room. We had the sense of being followed, and um, this made us very weary. So I could understand the wisdom of God that he kept everything to the very last, because I think they might have said, oh, well, they're not really, you know, serious um, issues for us. And so they may have at that time given up so that we were able to do what we did. And I remember coming out of that church and the glory of God. Oh, my goodness, did it pour down. Oh, the, the thrill and the excitement of doing it and being successful in it. And we just, and we got to, and I found that the, uh, the little um, taxi driver was standing at the gate and he was watching us. And he said, happy? Happy? Ah, yes, I said, very happy. And I pointed to God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then we went back. And then, of course, um, I have been on many journeys. And since then, into many, many countries. On this particular country, and this is the one we were talking about, um, where the healing Wherever I needed God through those trips, even when I all of a sudden I need an interpreter, I said, God, I need an interpreter. The next second someone comes up and said, you need an interpreter. Thank you, God. <laughs> so we just ripped it. And this was happening all the time. And in this particular country, um, again, because of the situation in the early, early 1980s in these countries. I, the taxi area was the same sort of uh, philosophy they had because most of everybody at that time were on bicycles. Bicycles were the way of traveling in those days for these uh, countries. And we had just set out again for a drop, what we call for a drop, and but we couldn't allow to go with a taxi to stay. We couldn't let them know where we were. So we got off where we had to be dropped off and we waited for the taxi to disappear. And then we traveled to where we were told on this occasion to go to and we gave them the Bibles and we prayed with them. And then we were coming out and said, my goodness, how do we get back? because we couldn't, there's no taxis you can hire. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. So I said, okay. And they all started to panic. I said, no, 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 
God knows what's happening. Come on. And I just felt the Lord say, um, cross the street. I said, okay, good. And as we were walking through this little street, we found this lady sitting in the gutter. And she had a child in her arms. And the child's face was practically blue around the mouth and everything was blue. We, we sense it's dying. And I said to the others, I said, look, I don't know about you. I said, but look, I'm going to pray. Come on, four of us, come on, pray. And so we put hands, the poor lady, she didn't know what was happening, but she saw that we, we felt for her and she started to cry. And we put their hands on the child. And to our amazement, the color came back into that child's face and it started to open its eyes. Why, you say, were we amazed? And I'll tell you why, because so many people pray and don't see answers because the answer is not ready to be answered. But never to, to believe that before our very eyes, we saw the miracle of God. It was amazing to see the miracles of God. And he's here today, right now. And I, and I talk to everyone that's been through this COVID that has destroyed people's lives. I tell you what, in God we have hope. There is hope in your lives. Hope is in God. And I cannot express it more strongly than what I feel today for what we're going through. And that experience with that child enforced that hope and that faith and the things that we were doing. And we went forth on many an occasion doing that sort of thing. And it's it's and then on another occasion, we had made another drop and we didn't know how to get back again. And again, the Lord says, cross this big highway, mind you, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these bikes. And, and in and out, we were zigzagging all these bikes. And we got to the other side. And then we looked at a little street that was sort of coming off it. And as we were standing there, I said, Lord, what now? Wait. That was the word I got, wait. At that moment, a taxi came around the corner, a European got out, and we got in. I tell you what, do not, do not deny yourselves of the miracles of our God. Do not deny yourself and start to lose faith. I, there's a lot of preparation in our, in our lives. There's a lot of preparation. God is preparing us for the work that he has for us. And that in that preparation is the building of your resilience, your faith, and the strength of your faith to combat the things that we will come against. And we, and we say we're going through the valley of, of a doom where everyone's getting depressed and everyone's losing faith in what they're doing. It's, please, I beg of you, do not lose your faith. Believe that God will have your answers. And the stronger your faith in the times of that valley experiences is now where God will anoint and 
do the things that you thought was going to be absolutely impossible. I have been down that road. I've been down that road many times with IWFCI. Many a time I've been confronted with things that I had no answers for. But when I went to prayer and I bended that knee and I prayed out to God and I stormed the mountains and I stormed the heavens, and I tell you what, he and I had a good conversation. <laughs> but it wasn't long after that. He knew my heart and he answered me. I tell you, people, do not lose your faith. So, in God. It yeah. is in God that your hope is. Yeah. And he will guide you and he will direct you. And I just praise God and I love all of you. That's so wonderful, Diana. And, uh, you know, the the stories as you were sharing, what really becomes apparent to us and, you know, you, you expressed throughout as you were sharing your story about really having that faith and so many of us, what we tend to do is wait till we have certain answers, wait till we have a certain level of comfortability, if you will. But there was something that you said to me when we had our initial conversation, and I would love to pick up on this because it's such a reminder that when we, if we're waiting to be comfortable, that often then is not, well, it's definitely not surrendering to the Lord, or we feel that we need to be more qualified in a certain area. I love that saying that God does not call the qualified he qualifies the call. Mm. And often the Lord will, any time where we can um, kind of, say, you know, justify what's happening or validate what's happening, oh, well, it's because of this or because of that, then we've missed out on seeing the complete miracle. But what you did was you stripped away anything that you could then lean on. There was no walking sticks. There was no anything that you could lean on previously from previous experience because you'd never had a previous experience of that. And through doing that, you absolutely relied 100% yes. on the supernatural power, which we know is there, and the miracle for God to step in and say, well, I will meet, meet you there. But this is what you said to me, Diana, when you came back home you said there was almost like, and I think if I can recall the words that you said, like the anointing was gone, but we, we then said the anointing was not gone. It's just that we then filled what was happening with more of our surety in ourselves, in our independence, isn't it? And what mm. a reminder, we need to strip that away constantly and say, Lord, let me be filled with you and with you showing up in a way that, you know, constantly yes. happened when you were in countries where you had no connections, no idea mm. what was going mm. to be there. Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even with IWSCI, it was also a walk of faith completely in how I started it um, because I came out of China. Oh, dear. I've said it again. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was so excited about what God did that it's so hard not sometimes to speak of things. And um, I also went on to um, Burma and where I experienced more miracles of God. And um, because I had the um, guerrilla fighter Bibles as well as the Burmese Bibles. And I was going through... Um, <laughs> through their con <laughs> connecting um, and so forth. And um, as I was going through showing my um, passport and everything, and they started to go through my suitcases where I had them both. 
And a very strange thing happened. And I've shared this with a few people, but until you've experienced something, it, it sometimes you think things couldn't happen, but they do. But when you've experienced it yourself, you can only say, but it happened. And as I was standing there, I felt the Lord telling me, be still, be still. And I heard his voice talking to the lady and saying, not that Bible, the other one. And I went, and I'm still, and I'm in this sort of frozen position. And I'm going, oh my gosh, what's happening here? Sort of in my head. And, and then it relaxed. She put everything back. Then the two um, guards came and asked me to come and have a talk with them. Uh, in the meantime, I was with a team on that one, and they were waiting outside for me, thinking they may not see me again. Now, the whole of my being and my body was still and quiet and very calm, and I knew God was touching me. And they started to question me about the Bibles. They didn't question me about the Gorilla Bible. They questioned me about the Burmese one. And I thought, and so I'm thinking, okay. So they start to talk about it. And it was strange because they said, well, why, why are you bringing these Bibles into our country? We, we, you know, have Christians. But I also knew there was persecution against Christians in Burma at that time. They were being thrown off buses. They were, oh, it was terrible things happening to them. You know, I turned to them and I said, do you believe in God? And they said, I don't know. Why? And it was like, it was like all of a sudden, it wasn't the guard and the me, <laughs> the, the persecuted one or whatever. Um, and it was like we were having this general conversation. And I, and I when I think about it now, I think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm really stunned at what God does sometimes. So we had a little bit of a chat about God and so forth. And he said, well, I think we'll let, well, I think we'll let you go. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. So I walked out and they were waiting for me. They, oh, big sigh of relief. I said, I've left my beauty case behind. And they said, they said forget it. No, I want my beauty case. So I walked back into the place and they all look at me as if to say I'm mad because I am a mad Australian. And I picked up the beauty case because I dropped it down and, uh, and walked out. And then, of course, um, we met with the, the Christians in hidden places. And we had to be careful because I was told that the, the soldiers come 
and if they came, we would be jailed. So we're on the outlook the whole time, or the lookout for them at all times. Um, and as soon as we um, or heard or the lookout was telling us they're coming, we'd all disperse very, very quickly and um, into different, they told us where we were to run to, so which we did. And this happened, but this time we were taking in medicine, we were taking in Bibles, and we were taking in clothing because there was so much persecution that they couldn't get medicine and they were so poor that half of them were in dire straits for clothing and all sorts of things. So it wasn't just the Bibles. Our other people were using ships to um, put the cargo in on um, flat rafts and they'd float them into uh, the shores. Uh, there were many, many ways on how we got the message out to them. But being in Burma and that timing of talking to these guards just showed me God is in control. God is so in control. And I've had so many miracles since, so many. Look, I, I could talk for hours about the miracles in my life. Mm. And it's and even with starting IWFCI, I when I came out of China, oh sorry, there I go again. Sorry. Yes, I did go into China. All right. <laughs> um, but I have to say I met some magnificent Chinese people. Magnificent Chinese people. Beautiful Chinese people. I have nothing against the Chinese people, only against their governments. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Chinese people, oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, when I came out of China into Hong Kong, I felt that that time, and I did that for over two years, that type of work. Um, I came out of China, and I was standing in Hong Kong, and I was looking out over Hong Kong, and I really felt a sense that that was finished, and mm -hmm. uh, that there was a sense of feeling that, God wanted me to go back into the marketplace. Now, I had worked, of course, doing all sorts of things. I won't even go into that now um, with our own businesses and all sorts of things. But so I came back to Melbourne and I thought, well, I don't really know um, what. So I thought, well, I'll go to one of these, um, um, not a monastery, that's for the convent. The convent yes into one of the convents where you could stay um and they had people come in they had rooms where you could stay and they would they gave you meals so i decided i was going to do that just to sit for a while and find out what god wanted well what a torment i had too i had these thoughts rushing through my head i had oh my god Gosh, was I in turmoil. So I rang my church and I said, pray for me. I said, there is so much coming at me. I said, just, I need peace. I need time to hear God's voice. So they prayed for me. And it wasn't until the last day that I was praying and I saw a vision and I was 
on the top of a hill under a tree and I was overlooking the world. And it was the expression on my face. And the first thing that came to mind was, I could never be that person. You know, I could never be that person. And so all of a sudden, it's like, oh, a heaviness entered my heart. It was so, so heavy. And I thought, my goodness, if I don't do what God wants me to do, then what do I do? Become a pew sitter? God hasn't made me to be a pew sitter. So I said, so, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll do it. And as I left that convent, the voice of God was so clear. He said, go in my name, and oh, I am with you always. And so my journey began in preparation for the vision he gave me. Now, God will give you a vision, but doesn't say he's going to give it to you straight away. Because he's got to prepare you and equip you to undertake that vision. And so my journey began, and I would go into one sort of occupation. And for long, he said, no, you know that now, move on. So I had to go to another one. And each time I was being tested, searched, oh, my goodness, um, talk about uh, the breaking down of the clay and building it again. Um, it was... It was dramatic times of miracles and things happening that I could never have foreseen. But it happened. And when I became part of, when in this business that we had, and I was very much part of the um, Victorian Chamber of Commerce at that time, I was on their council and did all sorts of things. And... I began to ask them about women, that there were so many women going into business now and that we need to give them more attention. Yeah. And they boohooed it. They said, no, we, we look after the women, you know, we, you know. And I said, well, here we are in a council of 20 men and me. I said, yes, women are really well presented here. <laughs> so, so I haggled with them for a little while and I said oh darn it I'll create our own chamber of commerce for women wow the reaction I got oh my goodness but then they tried to stop me because they wouldn't let me call it a chamber of commerce so I said right after haggling again six months I said no I'll call it a federation mm. and you see sometimes we set out in one direction and we can't get it, but another thing happens that is for the better. Because today, all our chapters globally now come under that federation. See, God plans things that we don't understand. But the journey then began with AWSCI. And that, again, is another journey to be told. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, there may be some people that are listening, uh, even to the recording, Diana, who would love to connect with IWFCI. What is the best way for them to do that? What's the website? Um, I suppose they could um, go on my email. Mm. Uh, they can go on my personal email. 
Um, I am trying to uh, talk to some really, I'd like to meet some really powerful Christian women, businesswomen. I would really like them to become part of our journey because it's important. It is important. And I can talk further on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, we will put in the show notes um, the link to IWFCI website as well so they can uh, connect with you there. But one of the things that I think is just really become apparent with your story, and thank you for, for sharing that. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, and we, we so often do. And we were, we were talking about this one time. I said, Diane, we really need to share that with others because when we – as I said before, surrender ourselves to the Lord and create a space where he can come in. The things, I mean, we can vision, and we often love doing that, don't we, Diana? We're, we're two yes. visionaries and we can just get carried away. But the Lord... It's just into trouble, I can tell you. That's right, it certainly does. But the Lord comes over and says, you know, your vision, wonderful. I have something even better. And it doesn't matter that you don't have the resources. It doesn't matter that you don't have the connections because if you trust me and you believe me for the miracles, then um, I will show you. But it's often interesting, I know that we we've had this conversation before with you, Diana, is that it's interesting how even in so many Christian circles who we know that we love a supernatural God, do we expect and do we believe that our supernatural God for whom things are supernatural, that's just what happens in the kingdom of God, do we even believe that he will show up in that way that he does in so many Bible stories, in the stories that you have just shared, Diana. And if not, can I en uh, encourage us all to increase our belief in that this does happen? Do you believe it? Because if you don't believe it, that's maybe why uh, the Lord is not showing up. There was a, there's a beautiful, beautiful song that, that I remember very clearly in my early years. There's a song that says, just come as you are, without one plea. That means God doesn't ask you to be perfect. God just wants you to come. He just wants you as you are. Come just as you are, because God loves you. Certainly does. Well, thank you once again for sharing uh, your story, Diana. I know it's just a snapshot of uh, some of the many, many conversations we've had over the years, and I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to uh, for you to to share that because, uh, you know, it, and we hope that it encourages others who have similar stories of where the Lord has shown up and um, answered prayer healed people this is who we love this is who is our god isn't he he shows up he heals he brings people back from the dead do we believe him for that and i love the verse and i can't remember where it was so excuse me and i'm paraphrasing that when we go we're filled with the holy spirit signs wonders and miracles will follow us mm. it has to be those kind of uh ambassadors for the this Lord, podcast is brought to you by in that way the influence alliance.com want to influence uh, real change uh, with your message so by becoming known so as a trusted for, authority uh, in your industry or building a sustainable and scalable business Diana. you love find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series that's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.